And if we actually step back as leaders and take the, the short amount of time up front to explain the rationale, you know, why are we doing this thing? What else was considered? Why was this chosen? How does it fit into the goals? Why is this, at least in theory, the highest and best use of people's times? If you can explain that so that everybody is on the same page, that actually is, is incredibly powerful. Hi, this is Coach Anda. Welcome to Leading Great Workplaces. In this series, I will be talking to successful leaders and other globally recognized coaches on how they were able to create a great working environment by helping people thrive in their role. Through the stories of success and failures, you will be able to gain insights that will inspire you to lead a great workplace and build successful teams. Dory Clark is one of the top 50 business thinkers in the world by Thinkers 50 and was recognized as the number one communication coach in the world by Marshall Goldsmith leading Global Coaches Awards. She is recognized as a branding expert by the Associated Press, Fortune, and Inc. magazine. She is the author of Entrepreneurial You, Reinventing You, and Standout, which is named the number one Leadership Book of 2015 by Inc. Magazine and one of the top 10 business books of the year by Forbes. Hi, Dory. Welcome to my show, Leading Great Workplaces. Anda, hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so excited to have you here. And the reason why I invited you was because you talk a lot about personal branding, authentic leadership. And I wanted to just ask you about that because in Leading Great Workplaces, I, I truly believe that before you can lead a team, you have to be able to lead yourself. So maybe you can give some, some tips or strategies for leaders on how they can just really define who they are and define who they are as leaders before they can lead the team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, f- for obvious reasons, um, people are typically not very enthusiastic to take instruction from people who are not living up to the values that they're espousing. Um, it, mm-hmm. it just automatically uh, destroys the the credibility or the moral authority that you have to be giving instructions to other people. Um, They want to be learning learning from and listening to people who exhibit a kind of congruity in terms of what they're saying and what they're doing. Mm. And so if you want to be effective as a leader, then the starting point really is making sure that that there is that uh, sense of of being congruous with what you say and what you do, and mm-hmm. you know how you want the people on your team to behave. What is what is the culture that you are transmitting um, inadvertently? <laughs> the culture that mm-hmm. you are transmitting to other mm-hmm. people uh, through osmosis rather than through words. So when I think about some of the most important values and some of the most important things to think about, one of them certainly is an attitude of uh, learning and professional Mm -hmm. development Mm -hmm. and a desire to keep improving uh, so that we don't adopt a kind of fixed mindset where it's like, oh, well, you know, you need to learn, but I'm good. Uh, Mm -hmm. That that is not usually very helpful in life. Uh, so a desire to uh, to keep uh, to keep open to new things, I think, is really powerful. And then, of course, uh, the other is just at at a really basic level: um, how are we treating people during times of stress and during times of duress? 
because um, it's it's easy to be nice when things are going well. Uh, but I think the the real test which people notice and appreciate uh, of a leader is when there are problems, what what are you doing and how are you rallying the troops? Are you trying to, to do it by intimidating them or by chastising them or uh, by, you know, maybe it's not even about them. Maybe it's just mm -hmm. that your frustration is so intense that you blow up and you don't really care how other people uh, respond to it. None of that is actually really very helpful in the mm -hmm. end. Um, what the Center for Talent Innovation has shown in their research is that the number one quality that people look for in a leader uh, in terms of their measurement of executive presence is so-called gravitas, like which gravitas, is the ability yeah. to be mm. calm and cool under pressure. Mm -hmm. And so if under adverse circumstances, you are able to rally the team in a thoughtful way, it, it goes a, a huge way toward building the kind of cohesive culture that we all want. Yeah, that's very interesting because um, I, I think especially during times of pressure, it's just hard to sometimes just stay calm and collected and just um, really focus on, you know, who you are. And, um, and sometimes there are triggers around you that make you react differently. So I was wondering, um, do you have any suggestions on how maybe leaders can just go back to themselves, go back to uh, who they are and their purpose and all that when, when things like that happen? Because that's the hardest times when there's so much pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think at, at a minimum, um, we need to be mm -hmm. doing sort of periodic audits for ourselves. And yeah. frankly, if there are things that you find yourself embarrassed about after the fact, then that's that's really a problem. <laughs> you know, what? I don't think it's actually too high of a bar to say that in general, in your professional life, you shouldn't be doing things that you're embarrassed about. I yeah. think that, you know, I'm not talking about mistakes because, you know, if, if I say, okay, I've done the research and it looks like customers really want this type of product. We think they want this product because of A, B, and C, and we ran a little test and it seems to be good. So, okay, let's launch this product. If it turns out the product fails, that that's unfortunate. You know, we obviously want it to succeed, but is it an embarrassment that you did it? I don't think it's embarrassing that you had data and you made a thoughtful decision mm. and it didn't break your mm. way. What, yeah. is, what is embarrassing is if you are yelling at people and making them cry. Uh, what's embarrassing is if you mouth off and say something insulting or irresponsible. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that actually people can and should be embarrassed about. And uh, if, if that's the case, that's what we need to correct. Um, I like that. Failure. Because, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. And, you know, failure, if it, is, if it is a quote unquote failure that was born of good decision making and good process, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody should feel bad about that. Mm. I like that as a guide, you know, if, if, it's, if you know that it's made of, uh, out of good decision making. Um, then it's nothing that you should be embarrassed about. And it's, I think really, I like that part about kind of checking in with yourself and trying to see whether um, the things that, 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 that you're embarrassed about or how you're reacting to this situation is so important as well. Because I think if you um, get mad and all that, and if it's, is it always in the right place? So it's good to just check yourself on that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you find yourself more than once in a blue moon, having to apologize to someone after the fact, 
I'm sorry, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> you, you should not be doing the things that warrant an apology in the first place. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Are there other things that, um, that you think that, that the leader should be doing to be able to just, so it seems to go like, it seems to go to influ how they influence the team as well when they, when they do things like that. So are there other things that you think the, the leader should be doing um, to be able to positively influence the team? Well, I think one of the most important things which leaders often, you know, understandably, mm -hmm. um, just uh, often don't do because they don't they don't have time to do it they don't think they have time to do it is provide sufficient context to their employees but i will argue that this is actually one of the, the best and most important things that we can be doing because so often employees can begin to either be confused about what they're doing uh confused about the level of priority in what they're doing or, you know, even just to sort of wonder like, wow, does this, does this have a purpose? Like, I, I don't know, um, because they, they're told to do a thing, but they're not told why they're doing a thing. Uh, and if we actually step back as leaders and take the, the short amount of time upfront to explain the rationale, you know, why are we doing this thing? What else was considered? Why was this chosen? How does it fit into the goals? Why is this? at least in theory, the highest and best use of people's times. If you can explain that so that everybody is on the same page, that actually is, is incredibly powerful because mm -hmm. with that context, number one, people are much more connected to the purpose for mm -hmm. the organization and the purpose of, of what, why they're doing what they're doing. But additionally, they are um, much better able to... Um, to understand and perhaps even become a, a proactive participant in battlefield decisions, mm -hmm. because it's really common in corporate life for circumstances to change. You know, oh, there's a there's a budget cut, there's a revenue shortfall, the competitor did something different, and it can feel very confusing and disorienting and demoralizing for employees if all of a sudden they're told, "Hey, that thing that you were working on that was really important, we're totally not doing that anymore." Yeah. And they're like, what? I thought it was important. I thought, yeah. you know, and they feel like their worth, their work isn't worth anything. Yeah. But if they have the context, they can now understand, oh, there was a dramatic change in the market mm -hmm. circumstance, which now necessitates this change. And they, they no longer feel like such a cog in the wheel, but instead are able to be a, a more thoughtful and active participant. Mm -hmm. I like that because it's a lot about alignment also, the alignment of purpose, alignment of why, um, and them being at the same page as you. And I think that I see that also in a lot of um, leaders and organizations and people because people are different from one another. One another. So I think it's important to be able to just um, communicate what you mean and to have um, be on the same page with, with where you're going and where you are and where you want to go. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was also wondering since um, I know you're also like a communications expert. So, um, were there any tips that you have on on communication and communicating with the team? Because there are a lot of those misunderstandings, there are a lot of misalignments. So, do you have any um, tips that you can share with us? That's yeah, for for, for you and helping leaders. Absolutely. Um, so when it comes to leaders, I 
come out of a background working in politics and I would advise political candidates uh, running for office. And it, it was interesting, something that I think has become over time relatively well known in politics, but hasn't necessarily filtered into the corporate world as much is the understanding that you have to be uh, almost to a preposterous extent, uh, you have to repeat your messaging. Uh, mm -hmm. In politics, there is a saying that a voter won't even consider voting for you. They won't even remember your name mm -hmm. unless they hear it seven times. Mm -hmm. And similarly, you know, as a, as a corporate leader, we often assume that people are listening to our messages with the same amount of focus or care that we're delivering our messages. And that is just totally not true because mm -hmm. they're so busy and they're so distracted. That's and true. And so yeah. we often think, you know, if we said something once, like, oh, well, I said it. That doesn't mean they heard it. And so you need to keep repeating it, even to the point where you feel like it's stupid, like, oh my God, I'm saying the same thing over and over again. People yeah. don't do this because it's boring for them. But the, the point is, it's boring for a political candidate to give the same speech 300 days in a row. Nobody likes it, but it's part of the job. Yeah. And your job is to deliver a consistent, coherent message so that it actually sinks in for the recipients. Mm, I like that, consistent and coherent. So just making sure that is understood. And I like what you said also that it's not just a one-time thing that you, you say. You have to see whether it lands properly or whether they, they really understand the message that you're saying. That, that's, really, totally. that's really helpful. Yeah, and not assuming that they get you right away. Yeah. And I was wondering also, Dory, um, so you've, um, you coach a lot of leaders and you've been with a lot of leaders as well. What do you think is, uh, is one great trait of a leader that's going to really help um, create a great workplace? What is one great, yeah, one, one trait that you think a leader should have? Yeah, well, I think, I think that one thing that research has shown again and again is really important, you know, the great work of, of Amy Edmondson around mm -hmm. uh, psychological mm -hmm. safety. Mm. And, you know, how do you create that? It's sort of a complex um, concatenation of, of techniques. But I think that if we were to boil it down to one important building block, this might not be sufficient uh, in terms of creating a great workplace, but it's, it's certainly, I would say, uh, important, is really showing employees that you, uh, the, that you care about them and their development. Mm. It is kind of frightening uh, to be in a situation where you feel like as an employee, you're constantly being evaluated and judged and like somebody is looking over your shoulder with the purpose of measuring you and yeah. seeing if you're good enough mm -hmm. and seeing about, you know, mm -hmm. wanting to weed you out somehow. Mm -hmm. And it's just an inherently high stress situation that it's very hard for almost anybody to do well in that. And so, of course, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be so supportive that even a terrible performer, like, oh, yeah, that was great. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not the point. But uh, because you, you, you can and you should be setting standards, you can and you should be uh, holding people accountable. But yeah. I think it, it needs to come from a place where people are not feeling scared. And mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you understand that everybody can get better and that you're willing to give them room to get better. Mm. Everyone will 
get better and you're giving and you're willing to give them room to get better. I like that. So I think it's that um, openness also. It's uh, being able to observe, um, I think, the people around you and the environment and what's going on and be able to measure also if, um, if there's psychological safety going on or not. And going back to your um, making sure and just kind of checking in on that, if, if that's really happening, right? And so I think we can also go and talk about a little bit of, about your book, the, the Long Game, because I know that you talk about habits as well, habits and uh, making sure that, um, that, um, it, that you stay for the long game. So maybe you can just tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I have a new book. It's coming out uh, in September from Harvard Business Review Press called The mm -hmm. Long Game, How to Be a Long-Term Thinker in a Short-Term World. And fundamentally what it's about, I mean, I think all of us uh, sort of inherently know uh, that we live in a society that uh, prioritizes the short term in many ways. There's, you know, whether it's corporations being driven by the, sh the, the quarterly, you know, stock earning reports, or just the pressures that so many of us feel these days from looking around uh, and, you know, looking over our shoulders to see what everybody else is doing on social media. Mm. It can be a very long and very lonely process to try to build success when there's not constant rewards or affirmation. But of course, the irony is that to achieve success, lasting success, um, there often are real valleys, there are troughs that we have to go through where nobody's praising us. Nobody thinks what we're doing is a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know, like nobody's paying attention. Mm -hmm. And yet you have to keep doing it in order to get to the other side. And so I really wrote the book as a way of trying to encourage people to understand and have faith that oftentimes the most meaningful journeys are ones that for a long time can seem very fruitless, mm. but we have to have the, the strategic patience necessary uh, so that we can persist and make it through to the other side to actually accomplish our goal. Yeah, I like that. Because um, yeah, if it's uh, if you yeah, think about the long game, you need to, you need that patience. You need that strategic patience to be able to pull it through. So um, I was just wondering if you can just give um, maybe one tip to be able to just last that long game and to have that strategic patience that you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think going back to a previous point about uh, failure. I think one of the points that that's really important is that for so many of us, we sometimes tend to get fixated on one particular definition of success, mm -hmm. or even even more than that, it's one path to success. Oh, well, I'm going to become really rich, and I'm going to do it because I am going to, you know, get a job at Google or you know, like whatever whatever this thing is. You know, for mm -hmm. for all of us, it's sort of this different, like you know, mythical thing, and then that thing doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, you're just a failure in life, which is obviously not true. And it's obviously not helpful. But I, I think, you know, our, our psychology is often primed to really uh, look, look at the negative. And so I, I really like to, to beat the drum mm -hmm. about the fact that there are multiple paths to success. Mm -hmm. And it is helpful for all of us to understand and recognize upfront that, uh, if we get overly invested in one particular route, um, 
almost inevitably it's going to lead to disappointment because you just, you know, you, you can't control certain things. It's, um, it's very hard to predict and say, oh, I'm definitely going to, to do this. But if you want to, uh, you know, be financially successful, if you want to get a job in tech, if you want to uh, be an entertainer or whatever the thing is, there are usually a lot of ways to do it. And failure is not failure until it's final. Mm. And it's only final when you say it is, because if you keep pursuing other routes over time, if you are dedicated enough, um, you can probably find your path in. Wow. I love that. And there's like, it gives you so much hope, right? For maybe during times when you feel like, oh, this is it, or it's not going to go anywhere. And just to remember what you said just now about there, there are many different paths to get there and just, you know. Um, pursue it and persist and just find try to all those many paths and it will lead you somewhere yeah thank you so much and I'll just mention for folks who want to learn more about it um, I have a free long game strategic thinking self-assessment and anybody Mm -hmm. who is interested can get it for free at doryclark.com slash the long game oh that's wonderful I'm gonna try that out after this after our call right now yeah, so thank you, Dory, for really sharing your insights for today. And um, I learned a lot from you and especially the how we ended today about the long game, about the different paths to get to your goal. So I think it's one that's, that's like a wonderful message to, to leave us with today. So thank you so much again for your time. Mm-hmm.